The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Welcome to the Pandemic Post-Finals Instant Buzzer Reaction Podcast Season 2, the season nobody was waiting for, with Brian Windhorst and Mr. Windhorst. First of all, how are you doing tonight? Not Season 2. Oh, no, no. Not again. Oh, no. We're back, baby. Uh, oh. Well, we got we got a treat. Game one, pretty much a start-to-finish Phoenix win. Lead got as high as 20, got cut down to seven by a frisky Milwaukee small ball switch everything look, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But the small ball was not a fail-safe. Phoenix pulled back away at the end. DeAndre Ayton, 22 and 19 on 8 of 10 shooting in his first finals game. Devin Booker, 16, seven, I'm sorry, 27, 6 and 3, 10 free throws, and the free throw edge was massive for the Suns in this game in his first finals game. But the point God has arrived. The point God is here. Hear ye, hear ye. The point God is in the finals. 32 and 9 on 12 of 19 shooting and straight up. Cooked, barbecued, filleted every Milwaukee Bucks big man to the point that they took them all out of the game. And then he filleted Bryn Forbes. And then he filleted Pat Connaughton. And the game was over. Chris Paul is in the finals. The Bucks need to find a little bit better of a defensive answer. Although, according to our buddy Ben Falk's site, Cleaning the Glass, Phoenix's offense was good, but not great. And really needed the free throws, 26 free throw attempts. I think a plus 10 edge in attempts to be good. Their defense was really good. Maybe that's Milwaukee missing some bunnies. We can talk about that. But Chris Paul's the lead here, isn't it, Wendy? Yeah. Um, he's like um, the short order cook at like the busiest restaurant, the busiest diner at the big at the busiest truck stop in America. Because he has all the moves. He can flip. The flapjacks, he can, you know, scramble eggs and sunny side up eggs and gr- grill toast on the grill. And he's cleaning the grill at the same time. It looks like he's got four hands. Everything that gets to him, he computes it. He finds angles. He's he's like the best angle player I've ever seen. Not just where he moves on the court, but the way he creates shooting angles. He's like... um. When you were a kid, did you ever watch on ESPN when they would have billiards on and these amazing people would play nine ball and you'd be like, how is he going to hit? How is she, he or she going to hit that shot? You know, what was the name of the woman, the black widow? I can't remember her real name. And it would be like, they just knew every angle to hit every ball. And like, you'd say, there's no way they're going to make that. And they would just do it because they've, they got their 10,000 hours. Well, he's got his 10,000 hours and you just see him. You know, just just I could go on and on like a conductor, like, you know, I've compared him to short order cook, billiard pro and conductor. I mean, just watching him operate at the mastery level. And I don't even think he played like otherworldly. I mean, I've obviously seen him play better, but under the circumstances, just had it under control and and watching him do it and draw fouls and bait and and hunt the switches he wanted. Oh, here was a switch. No, I don't like that switch. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do another switch. I mean, um, 
and you could tell his teammates have such comfort with him. I mean, the way Aiden was playing with him, and there was a one moment, I think it was in the third quarter, where he comes over and just puts his like forehead against Aiden's, like and he's just smiling. And I just think about early in the season when he was just screaming at Aiden nonstop. Um, yeah, just uh, what a Chris Paul game. But, you know, the thing about it is, what was the real difference in the game? What is the Phoenix Suns? I don't know if it's their greatest weapon, but it's one of the great weapons that they have, and that is at the foul line, Zach. They are the greatest free-throw shooting team in NBA playoff history. And they went 25 of 26, and it wasn't until the last minute Jay Crowder missed a free-throw. And they made how many more free throws than the Bucks did? Uh, let me look it up in front of me. 25 for the Suns. 25 for the Suns, 9 uh, okay. for Milwaukee. Because you always got to factor in the Giannis is going to get to the line a bunch and miss a bunch. By the way, I, I, I hope at some point in my life I can do something with the enthusiasm with which the Suns fans counted down the Giannis. I mean, those guys are like – more enthusiastic than a boxing referee counting to 10 first. They're all, it, it was just the facial expressions. I, I would watch a, just a fan cam for the honest countdown, which by the way, I just still love. I think, I hope it carries over into the regular season. I absolutely love it. Yeah. The vigor, I mean, you know, every, all 18,000 are into it, but so they had 16 more free throws and they won by 13. I know that it's, it's not really that simplistic and a lot of the Suns did a lot of things really well, but they're they are great in close games because of their free throw shooting. The early on in this game, uh, they got with their free throw shooting. And you know, you say Booker played great. Booker was eight of twenty-one. He played an average game, but he was awesome at the foul line, ten of ten, and that made up the difference for him. And so, you know, it's a basic thing, but they make their free throws. They make their free throws, and it makes a difference. Well, well. When I previewed the, the finals yesterday, I, I mentioned this, these are two of the best teams at not fouling. And Phoenix also does not get to the line hardly all. They're 29th in free throw rate. And I said, if one of these teams can squeeze out an edge at the foul line or in the possession game, and Phoenix did did both tonight because really it felt like Milwaukee had a million offensive rebounds. They had nine. They just missed all these tippins in the first half. And Phoenix won the turnover battle. And they got to the line and they made shots. And, and Milwaukee was number one in the league in lowest foul rate. They're the lowest foul rate in the league. So for Phoenix to squeeze that out. And look, I, a couple of things on CP and Booker. Number one, when they were getting those switches with Portis and Lopez, I just thought they just made this. They particularly Booker made simple plays. When the help converged, he kicked it out and trusted his teammates. Bridges hit a big three. And Paul hit a big three off Booker passes, or he just drove in and got to the line. Just simple. Don't overthink it. Just beat the big guy and f- figure out what comes next. And CP, you mentioned the wizardry. One of the biggest shots of the game was when they had Portis in the game at center and they were switching. I think it was, it was early in the fourth quarter. Maybe I can't remember when. No, it couldn't have been early in the fourth quarter because they were small by then. I don't know. It all bleeds in. And he was approaching. Um, he was approaching a pick from whoever was the screener, and he did the Smitty fake spin where he rejected the pick because he knew they were going to switch. So I'm going to reject this pick. Got in the lane, kicked it out to Booker for a three that put them, I think, back up 10 after the lead had gotten down to seven. So it must have been the fourth quarter. I got to check my Bobby Portis notes. I'm pretty sure he was in the game. Um, <laughs> just, but just like he he had these genius 
these genius plays and whatever whatever the Bucks defense threw at the pick and roll attack, those guys had an answer except for that little stretch in the second half where the small ball Bucks um kind of switched everything and bogged them down. And we saw the Clippers do that to them in the conference finals, but they just sort of figured their way out of it and they figured the, their way out of this. And one of the ways they did that was their defense, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah, um, they kept so um, Milwaukee was in the last round. I want to say they shot about sixty uh, between sixty-five and s- somewhere on the sixty-five percent in the um, in the restricted area uh, or in the paint, I should say. In this game, they were twenty-one of forty-one in the paint, and they did miss just some bunnies that that knocked that down. But um, twenty the, twenty-four fifty-two on twos overall, which is forty-six percent. Right, and so. They've obviously dominated in the paint. They were averaging um, 60 points in the paint uh, in the last round, which, you know, uh, Phoenix is is a, is a better defensive team than Atlanta is, and, and they defend the paint better. Um, in this game, the Bucks got outscored in the paint. So they get outscored in the paint 44-42. They just can't survive that. They have to win the paint, and then they get outscored at the line by 16. That, it, that's not a formula to win. Um, I will say, and I know Mark Jackson made this point during the game, um, it's easy as we look at the weeds as we're watching how the game's playing out and breaking down individual uh, um, strategic points. I have to say I, I, it's remarkable that Giannis uh, played in this game and looked moderately effective. I know that he did not have his best game. He only took 11 shots, which is, um, you know, below his standard he did have uh, he did have 17 rebounds um considering that i was afraid he tore multiple ligaments in his knee and i was thinking that we were going to have a a year without Giannis, and then i was so relieved that he didn't tear his knee up and that he would not be out um, but just didn't know what he would be able to do in this series the fact that he was able to come back in this game and look you know representative of who he is I mean, that's a huge win for Milwaukee. I don't know if they're going to win the series, but the fact that he's there and contributing from game one, I mean, that's a huge factor in this thing. And and I think that I think the Bucks probably feel like there's certain things that they can clean up, but they are, Zach, going to have to figure out how they want to play the pick and roll, what they want to do with Brooke Lopez, because obviously that was the number one line on the Suns game plan was attack Brooke Lopez. Well, look, I, I do think the Bucks have some things to be encouraged, but we always get become prisoners of the moments. Every playoff game feels like the end of the world for everybody. And it's not um, number one. Giannis looked okay. I don't think he looked great, uh, great. particularly other than that chase down block, which was like, Oh my God. But that was an um, incredible play. And he had a couple of like great, post-up moves i mean like he didn't he didn't look like he was afraid of that knee no he dunked right on deandre ayton's face i mean just just bullied him under the basket dunked on his face and jeff van gundy was like man he just moved he just moved deandre ayton so Giannis looked good you'll shoot better from two and i do think um look the the small ball got them back into the game and it felt like oh that's that's how they just have to play they have to get to that sooner and i think they did wait too long in the first half to get to that look but what you saw with their small ball groups is their their best small ball lineup has Connaughton, Tucker, and Giannis. Like 
two okay three-point shooters, one of whom is really just a corner shooter in Tucker, and Giannis, who's like you're throwing a party every time he shoots a three. And against a great defense, and this is the best defense they've faced so far in the playoffs with apologies to their prior opponents, that lack of shooting began to feel scrunchy. You couldn't get anywhere to help it. Which is why he put Bryn Forbes in the game. And then they start to say, well, we can only have one of – Connaughton and Tucker on the floor. So here comes Teague. Uh-oh, that's not going well, though. Teague made a, a couple shots in the first half. Okay, here comes Forbes. Oh, my God, they're hunting him on defense. Bring back Connaughton. Okay, we're out of answers. Long story short, they are going to have to get minutes from Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis in this series. And I think I was not surprised they came out switching at all, given that they did it against Trey Young even at the end of the Hawks series. I, I just – I said on the pod – before game one with with Marcus Johnson and Kevin Pelton, I just think these guards are too good for you to make switching with Brook Lopez your base defense. They're too lethal. They're too mean. They're just mean. They see that. That's just they're just getting nasty, and they're too good for you to drop way back unless your guards are incredible. And by the way, Drew Holiday had a stinker today. We should probably talk about that. He had a couple uh, of good defensive possessions, but it was not his game. No. Um, and. I think I just think we we have seen Brooke Lopez be able to come out a little bit further to the level of the screen, eat up space, and not get beat on the backside by Aiton. You have enough capable. I just think there's a middle ground there that they're going to have to hit more while mixing it up. Because if you give those guys one look, you know, seven eight possessions in a row, they're going to solve it. So I, I would I think we're going to see a higher drop from Milwaukee in game two. Well, I have to also point out. I know this is really elementary, but it's still just human nature. The way that Trey Young plays the point and operates off the pick and roll, and the way that Chris Paul plays the point and operates off the pick and roll is vastly different. It's vastly different where on the floor they operate. It's vastly different what they go to with their strengths. And when you're a big man trying to play angles and you've just spent two weeks dealing with Trey Young, and now you're dealing with Booker and Chris Paul who hunt mid-range shots, unlike Trey Young who hunts three-pointers and will go farther and farther and farther away to get them. It does take some time to recalibrate. I'm sure they watched film. I'm sure they went over in practice, but um, Brooke got stuck in no man's land several times because he wasn't comfortable with where he was at. And and look, this is what you know. Bud is gonna, Bud is gonna, you know, he is not gonna take Brook Lopez totally out because this is he has decided he is riding with Brook Lopez. He 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 will he will accept at times looking foolish, having a bad possession or two, because he likes what he can bring elsewhere with his defense at the rim and his stretching the floor. And so I just don't see them. I know that there are people who are like, stop playing Brook Lopez. That's not gonna happen. That's not who Mike Budenholzer is. Well, they're also out of guys. Like, if you stop playing one guy, you're just you're just, now you're playing Jeff Teague more. Now let's talk about the play of the week: the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom! On Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. 
Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. That's, I mean, it's just a limited number of So, so um, the other thing is, I thought their uh, Phoenix's defense was really good all game, and they had eight on Giannis, which was expected, and they had him drop on the pick and roll. I think they could actually switch with him a little bit more, but they didn't do that. They they dropped, and he was really good, and the guards were good getting over, and the backside help was good when they needed it to be. All of that was really good. I thought Aiton had an out. There was that one play where I think Middleton lobbed it up. Uh, to Giannis and Aiton just smacked it away in midair. He, it was he, a great he, play. He, he was just reading it. He just saw it coming. By the um, way, Middleton, Middleton was great tonight. Great. Yeah, Middleton, Middleton and Holiday sometimes get lumped together as like the other two guys, and when one's bad, it feels like they're both bad. Middleton was the only thing keeping them within eighteen <laughs> points. I know he made a couple of shots that just were lifesavers at the time. Um, you know. The, the, they have Bridges on Middleton and Aiton on Giannis. And Middleton-Giannis is their best pick-and-roll combination. That's tough sledding, man, with those two guys. I also think Monty was smart. You in, He interspersed possessions throughout the game where Crowder took Giannis and Aiton took Lopez or Portis or whoever to just give them a different look of when we put Crowder on Giannis, we can switch some of those actions. So I, I just think – they need to lean a little more into holiday Giannis pick and rolls because that's where Booker is. And I they just have to find a way. If I'm them, I'm like, Chris Paul's amazing. Amazing. Just tore us up. He's 35 or whatever he is. He's banged up all the time. I got to find a way to make him hurt on defense. And I know what you're going to say. He's guarding P.J. Tucker. So is your solution really like I'm going to go ride some P.J. Tucker screen and roll? You know, he's going to be the screener. But if you watch them, they will switch, and they did it a few times. If you do like a, a Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker screen that's just kind of prelude to the real thing, you can get C.P. switched onto Chris Middleton. And C.P. is still a really good defender. Like This is not saying he's a weak link or something to pick on. Like Remember, he ripped Chris Middleton right at the nail, just ripped him just in the dirk spot uh, right, right in an ISO. But I just think like I'm just making him work a little more because I want to wear him down. I want to see if I can kind of get under his skin or whatever. I but but so they have answers to go to. But Phoenix, man, just rock solid, great performance. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit worried. Um, not that this guy is vital in the series, but I'm worried about that Sarich injury. That looked bad. Um, so uh, I'm I'm a, I'm. I'm afraid of what that injury is going to result. Not that that's a vital player, but they could have uh, they could lose him, and um, and then you know you you would look at there's certain players that Phoenix puts in the game that are not really offensive threats, and so your game plan may be to cheat off of those guys a little bit because Milwaukee's offense tonight was good enough to win had they been able to convert a few more bunnies, their defense, what was, you know, they can't give up 118. They're not good enough to give up 118. So they've got to reduce the fouls, as you said, and they've got to just be a little bit better helping 
when uh, when when Paul and Booker hunt. And I think part of that's going to be to find the weakest defender. This is what happens in playoff series all the time. You find your weakest uh, offensive player, and you you use that guy to cheat off to help guard in the mid range to help Brook Lopez out. So I think that'll be part of the game plan in game two. Um, but you know, if you're a Suns fan, you're saying, well, Booker's gonna Booker's gonna shoot better than eight of twenty one, and you know, you may be right about that. If you're a Suns fan, what you're really saying is Suns in four. Suns in four with the hands up. Suns in yeah, four. The way you he says your chest. the way he said four is really what made that video. Um uh I don't even remember what the hell I was gonna what say. What made that oh. video was he smashed the guy down in Denver, just to finish the guy off. The guy is is wave the white flag. You know, he's got like blood on his hand, and then he recognizes that he's being videotaped. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not worried that I just beat up a Nuggets fan in the Nuggets arena. I'm not worried that uh, I'm being videotaped and therefore maybe may face consequences. Oh, there's a videotape right there. Let me just remind you how this is going to go. That, sir, is a badass. Uh, Sarich is what I was going to talk about. Yeah, it's easy to dismiss him as not central, not not critical, but like. Dante DiVincenzo is critical. Like the fact that all that stuff I said about, well, that small ball lineup is has yeah. one, two, two few shooters. So they need to play fours. He's not, like DiVincenzo answers all of those questions. He's not a keystone to the lineup, but he just makes it better. And when you get to this point, the rotations get so small anyway. The margin between the teams at this level of quality is so thin that all that stuff matters. You saw as soon as Kaminsky came in. Run, pick, and roll of Kaminsky. Run, pick, and roll of Kaminsky. Run, pick, and roll of Kaminsky until Monty Williams. And Jeff Van Gundy called it out on the broadcast. I guess he heard him call blitz, blitz, blitz. Look, if you're blitzing with Frank Kaminsky, the only answer (laughs) you really have is to take Frank Kaminsky out of the game. Right. And then they went with Crowder at center, which I just think between Bridges, Crowder, Johnson, Craig, they have enough big wings to ride out a Saric absence by playing three of them at the same time. But yeah, I mean, every player I was interested to see, we were going to get some Lopez Sarich minutes, which could have been similar to the Cousins Sarich minutes from the conference finals, which were sort of a bellwether for how those games were going to go. Does Cousins beat the hell out of them and get some layups or does Sarich hit a couple of pick and pop threes? And like those little stretches within the game. Now, Kaminsky can hit some pick and pop threes, but he's just not as just not as good as Dario Sarich. Right. I was just, man, I just, I didn't like what I saw there. Um but uh, you have to figure that Giannis will improve as well. So, um, you know, if you're Milwaukee in this game, you're looking at, at this and saying, there's some things that didn't go our way tonight, and Giannis is going to play better, and, um, you know, we'll shoot the ball better from three-point range. They only um, – or actually, they shot the ball well from three-point range, I should say. Um I shot the ball really well from three point range. I didn't really realize that um, mostly because of Middleton, but you, you know, there's some things you see if you're Milwaukee where you say, we'll clean some stuff up. We'll be better with our pick and roll coverages. I, I think, I think Milwaukee probably doesn't feel awful about their situation. I don't think they're thinking <laughs> sons and four right now. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and leveled up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts. 122 million. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. One one thing they did was, I'm looking at cleaning the glass box score right now, only 5% of Phoenix's shots were corner threes, which is very low for them. They're they're very good at that. They're they're one of the best in the league at at preventing the corner three. Right, that was a battleground that I had looked at. Like, how many did? And, and that is a bellwether for Phoenix, but they they survived it with isolation basketball, the long twos, and and the free throws. And I also thought um, Milwaukee did not get all that much in transition. Well, actually, you know what? By by the cleaning the glasses, that's like they had a good transition game. It felt like the transition game was a little bit more equal than Milwaukee needs it to be. But maybe my eye test is totally wrong because cleaning the glass says it is, and I trust cleaning the glass to correct my eye test. But uh, I do agree that there are 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 just mixing up the defense. There are ways for them to to get better. But I just thought even early in the game, the way that they got eight in the ball over over he hit a jump hook. They lobbed it over the front a couple times. Cam Johnson had that beautiful high low where he flashed up and got eight in a bucket. Like they just Phoenix is a very creative, resourceful team. And I think that that really showed through in this game. It was a fun game. They also played zone to to, to the Milwaukee shooting issues. They also like, hey, well, you got all your bad shooters on the floor. Here's the zone. Deal with that. I really I really enjoyed watching this game. I thought there was great um, level of competition. It wasn't like a um, hugely impressive skill game where guys were knocking down threes on top of each other, which you know is something that everybody sort of enjoys these days, but the level of competitiveness in this game and Milwaukee, even though they kept falling behind, kept fighting back. I'm not so sure we needed to see Giannis play all the way to the buzzer, but fought well into the fourth quarter. It bodes well for the entertainment value in this series, I believe, um, because I think that these teams are relatively evenly matched. Although, Phoenix is playing very clean basketball right now, and um, you can just see you can just see how well organized and well coached they are. Uh, you can feel it as you watch them, and so maybe some of that's uh, rubbing off because Chris Paul's out there orchestrating it. But that that could be a difference. But I, I did feel like this was a really nice competitive game, and I think hopefully will will result in you know six or seven of these. Yeah, I thought it was a fun game. I, I wish it had been closer, but I, I thought it was a well played yeah, game. I agree. Um, 
And we even had like and and some of those shots when it got down to seven and nine, like campaign had a little stretch where he he beat Middleton on a couple of switches. That's another thing. Like we saw Trey Young go at Middleton, like hunt Chris Middleton toward the end of that series. We saw a little bit of it um tonight. And that that's sort of an interesting, uh, an interesting thing to watch as well, just how they how they navigate it. But Phoenix is is a really um it's a really rock solid team. But I agree with that. I thought it was I thought it was a fun well-played game hopefully we get um a, a couple of couple more close ones yeah and uh by the way bobby portis his magical run d- during the uh, last series he uh, thudded back to earth tonight um he obviously is not going to be that guy who was in game five in in milwaukee uh, in the last round against atlanta but he can't be that Bobby Portis. He's got to have more of an impact on this game, even if they hunt him and uh, put him in bad matchup situations. He's got, you know, Bobby Portis has got to put more of a fingerprint on this game, um, especially with, as you mentioned, how thin Milwaukee, you know, is at, at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really know what else to say. It was a good game. Phoenix yeah. is really good. They played really well, and Milwaukee Great crowd. played okay. Great crowd. Uh, Milwaukee played just okay, and you know you just hope that that Giannis can be even more Giannisy. But the other thing I, I will say is I think the Clippers series ended up being good preparation for the Suns because they played a team that for a long stretch of that series was okay. We're not playing our centers. We're going to play five out. Now they played Zubats and Cousins a fair bit. We're also going to play five out. And you know I have a piece coming out on Aiton and his defense and his improvement. And Mark Bryant told me, the Phoenix big man assistant coach told me, that Clippers series, he called it the aha series for Aiton's defense. Like we were able to keep him on the floor against a five out team. And it didn't, there were not a lot of moments where it felt like he was a fish out of water. He was helping, he wasn't helping. Guys were raining corner threes on him. And one of the things that I liked for Phoenix in this series is he guards Giannis anyway. And so when Milwaukee downsizes, it's not a big adjustment for him. He's still guarding the rim runner. He's still guarding the roller. Like Phoenix can just kind of play normal. They don't have to toggle the matchups. And I think you did feel that as, yeah, the, the Bucks small ball lineup made a run, but they sort of hit it back, stabilized. And uh, and Aiton just, I mean, he's not going to get a lot of love because of Chris Paul's game, but he's just, every minute he's out there, you feel him. You're not worried about him making mistakes anymore, and he's just a force around the basket. That's the thing. Like, I'm not talking about a year ago. I'm not talking about six months ago. I'm talking about like in the near past. Suns fans would tear their hair out over Aiton because on Tuesday he'd be great, and on Thursday he'd be absent-minded. On Friday he'd be amazing. On Sunday he'd be a space cadet. Um, and you know, they were begging him to keep up his focus, keep up his aggression. And he would show these flashes and you'd be like, Oh my God. And here we are where the games and stakes are so high and he is delivering every single game for him to play in his first finals game, 22 and 19, six of six at the foul line, strong defense, doing everything he needed to do for him to deliver that type of game. And Booker to play very seasoned, even though he wasn't amazing. If you play very seasoned and under, under control, this was these guys' first finals game. First finals game. You know how LeBron played in his first finals game? He was a dog. 
it was you couldn't believe how poorly he played in that situation. So, I mean, the fact that Aiden is consistent night in and night out and has been for a couple of months now, I mean, it's a huge difference maker for Phoenix. I mean, they got a lot going for him right now, but that's a really big thing. And I, you know, I'm sure that Monty, you know, says, well, this is what we've been building towards, you know, for years here. But they've even got to be surprised that he has turned into this kind of force steady at this, you know, all of a sudden at this rate. And, and to your point, I don't even think the Bucks, the Bucks like they missed some twos, they fouled too much, but and the switching defense looked bad at the point of attack, but I even thought their defense behind that was pretty good. Like they would scram small guys out of the post. They would switch and re-switch. They would force them to throw these lobs over fronts and Phoenix just problem solved it. And some of the problem solving was simple. They have two absolute all NBA level guards that toasted guys left and right, crossed them up, hit jumpers over them. I don't know who Devin, Bo- Devin Booker got Bryn Forbes on him on one possession. I think it was Bryn Forbes late in the game and went into just full on, shake and bake just just i'm going to rise up right over your face and you can't do anything about it i love when devin booker gets a little nasty like that and just a really good game from the suns but i i hope i i'm hoping for another good competitive well-played game but the phoenix suns are up 1-0 in the nba finals the bucks have to search for some answers hope for some better luck and free throws and all that but Kind of as expected, frankly. I expected two good teams yeah. to play two well, two good teams to play pretty well strategically. Nothing really shocked me in how either team approached the series or their rotations or anything like that. And you know, it it feels like they're walking into this pretty evenly matched. Everybody knows there's a lot of cards already on the table. Maybe there's a couple cards I don't expect that are going to be played. It just feels like two really good teams going at each other. I think it could be fun. And Giannis playing a significant role, which we didn't know 24 hours ago. I mean, he did. He'd seem like he did, um, but uh, we didn't. And uh, so that's a that's a big factor in favor of this being a good series. All right, Wendy, I'm going to go All drink right. a beer and go to bed. <laughs> I'll see you and review some notes. I'll see you. We'll All do right. this again after game two. Thursday Brian Winhorst, everybody. Joint low post, hoop, coll- hoop collective. Always a good time. See you, Wendy. Enjoyed it. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. 